0: One of the basic core needs we have is the need for variety. Well, speaking has a lot of variety because there's so much to do and experience and you're feeding off an audience that could react in lots of different ways. The subject matter can be broad as well as narrow. So you've got variety there. So that's one of your basic core needs is met. Another core need we have is a need for connection with other people while well, speaking gives you that so this whole need to connect with other people another need we have is a need for certainty or security well if you're great at what you do and you speak and you inspire people and you know you're good at it you get a great sense of certainty that i'm doing a really good thing here to change people's lives that's three things already hello this is dr Rowe, and you are listening to the cicado show with dr Rowe and harms Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation improving their lives for taking their lives to a completely different level and it's our hope our genuine sincere hope that by the end of each of these episodes you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life practical tools voices that come from both generations younger generation with tips and tools older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so you can help unlock your true potential To give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level. To give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter, and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 Steps to Success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage Manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively, and so much more. So don't delay, it takes less than two minutes, and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at Cicado.com. Let's get back to
1: the show. Hello, it's Harms here, and welcome to another episode of The Cicado Show and we've got an exciting one for you today, and it's on the topic of public speaking. Now, the face of public speaking has changed, and we'll dive into that as we get into the show. But what I mean is there are more opportunities than ever to experience the benefits that come from being able to speak publicly, yet not everyone is benefiting from these opportunities available to all of us. Now, offline... This is a topic myself and Rose speak about a lot, especially because of his experience in this area. So I wanted to get him talking on air about what is public speaking, the misconceptions people may have around this topic, why people don't go on to become public speakers, what opportunities are they missing out on by not being public speakers, and where do you, the listeners, start if you want to add this into your repertoire of skills and then seize those opportunities available. Now, this being said, let me set the scene for you here. As anyone who has not met Roe or seen him speak publicly, he has personally and professionally been crafting the skill for over three decades. From memory, he started talking to audiences from small rooms bearing in mind the stories he's shared with me and he's continuously put himself in challenging situations where the dynamic of the audience changes including audiences from different countries, audiences from different cultures and also high pressure situations where he's shared the stage with the likes of Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad brand and and the popular book Rich Dad Poor Dad, the likes of Richard Branson, the likes of Les Brown amongst others and Interestingly enough, or frighteningly enough, interestingly enough, and for someone who may be like, wow, this is terrifying, those stage talks were in front of thousands and thousands of people. And he doesn't like to say this publicly, so he doesn't have to, I'll say it on his behalf. Because of the unique skills he has, he is regularly often approached by some of the biggest organizations in the world. The magical thing is by you listening to this episode today in the show and following along with the Cicado show is that Roe, by the very nature of being a public speaker, has this unique ability to educate as well as being a just conventional area that he specializes in. And this ability to teach people the art and science of being able to communicate with impact is why we're super fortunate to have him talking on this specific subject. With that introduction, I think by the very nature of this being your specialised area, Ro, if I fire over the questions and then I will jump in and out of the subject as you discuss the answers, if that works for you, I think let's start with an overarching question to set the scene, which is when I say public speaking, what? initial thoughts enter your mind. And from there, let's get into the nitty gritty of it, which is having been a public speaker over three decades, what was public speaking traditionally back then and how has it evolved over the years? So Jairo, over to you. After that long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, um, thank you. Wow,
0: what a great introduction. Thanks, Homs. It's quite nice to hear that described. I don't often hear it said, and I guess because you know me well, but yeah, it's been three decades. But first of all, hi to everybody and to everybody tuned into the Cicado show. Kind of pumped about this one, as you can probably guess. And um, I think you know it's a subject that I generally don't talk much about in public, not about Public speaking in this format. We have communicating with impact, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, I'm sure. But to be uh, asked the question specifically about the subject is quite rare. So I think it's a great topic for us to be tackling. And I think it's appropriate. We're recording this right in the midst of COVID when the whole experience of public speaking has changed. And actually, pretty much anyone that's doing anything on social media now is being pushed into that space of public speaking. And I, I think that's what you're alluding to in your question. So Let's tackle the first question, public speaking. I, I mean, to give you some context, I think I might have mentioned this to you before, Harminder, but when I was in school, I used to stutter if I was asked to stand up and read from a book. So I can still remember in an English class standing up and being asked, you know, Rohan, could you read this chapter or sorry, this, this paragraph on this book to the rest of the class? And they'd go around and they'd pick three three or four people to do that. And the next, next time in the class, somebody else would do it. And I used to be absolutely frigging terrified and I would stand up and I would st- st- start to sp- speak like this and or I'd speak very, very, very quickly and, just, and it'd just kind of pour out. And, and it, there was this mass- massive, passionate enthusiasm to maybe want to do it. But at the same time, I was almost afraid that if I screwed up, then it, I was going to look stupid. And you know, you, we're talking about I was in my teens. So to go from that, which is what, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, to, as you say, b- being able to go around internationally and share some of the most amazing stages it's been a hell of a journey so if anyone's listening to this asking themselves the question yeah but it's all right for you Ro that's what you do well actually that's not what I did Um, and in fact it wasn't even what I was trained to do my profession is civil engineering I was an engineer I was maths and physics and all that stuff so what came from that journey there was a passion so go back to your question then Hopefully that helps frame the the scene for everybody else. I think the question that armindas asks asked is a very good question. What you know, What is public speaking in my mind, but what was it traditionally? So let's go back. I mean, I'm 50, so 55. You're in your 30s. There might be listeners listening to this. It was 60, 65, 70. And those of you that might only be in your 20s, so you may only know speaking in one form nowadays, but back in the early days, traditionally, I think public speaking conjured up the image of a person standing in front of an audience, a formal type presentation, giving a lecture, speaking to a group of people, you're teaching them. Maybe one of our fears around, for example, speaking in public is is watching teachers being ridiculed or having the piss taken out of them by the students. And if you're a young person seeing a teacher, for example. Who may be not so confident. And um, I think at some stage, we've all seen a teacher that's had a tough time. You think about that from a young age, that would instill a natural fear in you because you wouldn't want to have the same experience yourself, would you, as a grown up? So it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, and it's only really occurred to me in, in thinking about this, this uh, particular podcast, is that all of us at some point have seen a teacher who's had a tough time of it. Now, if you're a youngster seeing that, your natural psychology is, holy shit, I wouldn't want to go through that myself. But we associate that with speaking in public conferences lectures formal gatherings even weddings i mean harms you know as a engineer in the workplace were you at times required to stand up and speak in front of your
1: employees often often uh, and it would be employees from five six seven different departments and right. i think that's a fantastic insight because i had that same nervousness when i was doing that because it was just you're thrown in you've got to present this particular subject or safety talk or whatever the talk was at the time to a whole group of, in my industry, it was very much male orientated, who almost reflected the opposite. I would have been in class, in school, in the audience thinking, oh, can't be bothered to listen to this today, or oh, look what the teacher looks like today. So actually that's a fantastic insight, which is probably why I was hesitant. And there was other co-speakers having to do their slots as well. And often people would shun it, people would not turn up, people would pretend like they had something which was more urgent yeah. than that particular talk at that moment in time oh emergencies come up with work uh, can't make the can't make the talk today so you know they started to make it mandatory and force people to do it which is also yeah. just 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 as challenging <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so i think you know that all that's so, so pertinent because i think that same concept of public speaking is still a modern day thinking so although the face of it may have changed the fear is still there and i guess we can come to that in a bit over the years though i think public speaking, to go back to the first question, it has broadened. And so, you know, we moved into the era of motivational speaking. And yes, there have been inspirational speakers going back maybe 50, 80, 100 years, even longer than that, even back into communities. And, you know, some of the prophets that are considered to be prophets today may at the time have been inspirational speakers in a form. But if you take it in the modern era, It certainly broadened from that con, you know, the the conference type lecture to now, I want to be an inspirational speaker, or you've seen inspirational speakers. Certainly, I would say the 70s and 80s spawned a whole bunch of people. And that's actually the era that Tony Robbins came through, the early 80s. But then you had people like Les Brown, uh, who's been going for donkey's years in his 70s, nearly 80 now, Les. You've got Zig Ziglar. um, You've got all the way back to Earl Nightingale, who was very famous for taking the audio version. Out to the public of Think and Grow Rich. He created a recording called The Strangest Secret in the 50s. And that then went on to later on become The Secret. So many of you might have seen that. So it it, you know, there's definitely been a shift then into the seminar industry, which we know today, although at the moment it's a bit difficult because of COVID, but running seminars and workshops, not so you're not speaking just for an hour, you're speaking over days now. And then, you know, everything is redefined again. So today. I think if you ask me that, what public speaking is today, it isn't just this concept of standing up and just talk, talking in front of one audience. Now, if you fast forward to twenty first century two thousand twenty, public speaking is speaking on a Zoom call in front of your peers. I mean, COVID pu- pushed that to the forefront, but people were doing it, and Skype calls have been around for years. But what Zoom has done is it's forced people, what COVID has done is forced people through Zoom and Skype to communicate publicly to a group of people, but from your own home. It could be a Facebook Live where you're going on and you're speaking to a group of people through a camera, through your phone, again. It's public speaking. In front of a phone or a camera to do a YouTube video is public speaking. Creating a product which is going digital, which teaches people to, I don't know, do exercise or to speak or to write a book. Again, public speaking. And of course, you know, your classic Instagram type videos, although they're, they're shorter, you're still publicly speaking. So I think the world of public speaking has changed to kind of round off this question. But equally with that, the opportunities are massive. Where I started, you had to go and drive to somewhere to go and speak to an audience. The idea of doing something in front of a camera would have meant going out and buying a piece of equipment or going to a studio where you could have something recorded. Or if by some freaky chance, you had the opportunity to go to a broadcasting house, you could do it there. Literally what we can do today in front of a phone, you'd know you had to either pay thousands or go to a studio to do in the past and whereas in my start of my speaking career i had access to as you said actually harms 10 20 30 40 people at a time you now can go out and get access to hundreds thousands and millions depending on how successful how viral your video content is online so i think the world of public speaking has changed and i think if we just round it off to speaking skills publicly are now critical. They're not even, it would be nice to have. I think they've become critical in how we operate on a personal and a professional level. I've had four conversations today with four different individuals in four different business areas. And every one of them completely corroborated that by saying, you know, it's great what you're doing with CWI because people need to learn this skill at all different levels. So public speaking is part of a broader
1: subject, which is communication. Thanks for sharing those insights, Ro. And I think I love the fact that, and you won't mind me saying, but somebody of your generation actually appreciates the fact that with the online world, we now have various different channels, because that's my understanding from what you're saying, is we have different channels, whether they're media channels, in which to speak publicly. And the magic here is, you know, you mentioned, I call this friction that you had to drive somewhere physically. You had to knock on the door of a gatekeeper, the gatekeeper being a TV broadcaster, radio broadcaster, or an organization. And what we're saying here is somebody had to, you had to get someone's permission, quote unquote, you knock on someone's door and say, can I have permission to speak publicly on your stage? And that stage would have been a handful of outputs and channels. Whereas now that's changed. Somebody can pick up their mobile phone, or an audio recording device, as we do on the podcast here and the Cicado Show, and you can share a message into the world. But the big question then is: there are a lot of people doing this, and I think I have seen almost a explosion of younger people in my generation taking primarily to places like YouTube and having these conversations. And actually, some of the biggest, coolest podcasts, like you listen to in the in, like you listen to us in the world are operated by the younger generation. They sort of saw this fact that there's no gatekeeper and they said, what the hell? We're just going to talk about things that we're passionate about on this space, in this particular space. And I'm seeing that explode in my generation. What I find is the older generation still feel like they need permission or they need handholding or maybe there's a technological step to overcome in order to do that. But maybe as we get through this, We can talk about, you know, you mentioned CWY and how that can possibly help the listeners if they're in that space. Because the big question is, yes, although we see an explosion of people doing it, the large majority are still not. And my thing is, what is stopping someone who really wants Mm. to speak publicly from going out there and doing it, regardless of what generation they are in? So I guess the key question I'm asking here is, what are the biggest blocks that you have seen? And bearing in mind, you've trained a lot of people to be able to do this. In stopping them from going on to speak publicly, and I think that's a good phrase to to use during the show is is to speak publicly. What is blocking people? Mm, this is
0: this is an age old question. It's probably even older than me, Holmes. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you, I mean, I know you've heard it. It's it's the cliche, isn't it? Like you know, people have. It's the fear of death, fear of tax, I think, and fear of speaking. There's like the top three, and death is right up there alongside. Speaking, which is crazy. But actually, you've raised a really good point. You talk about friction. I think you're right. There's more younger people definitely coming into this space. Here's where the challenge now comes for me. So it might be that they don't have necessarily a fear of speaking in public or speaking on social media, but that doesn't mean to say that they're getting across a great message. So Once you overcome that boundary, that block that we're talking about, and we'll come to that in a minute, of being able to speak in a public place, whether it's on a YouTube video, Facebook, or actually to a live audience, then it's a question of, are you just going to talk crap or are you going to talk something meaningful? How do we make the message that you've got something that creates impact, which is why the whole concept of communicating with impact evolved? Because so many people are saying, like, yeah, I've kind of overcome that block, but I'm still not getting them a message across effectively. So, would it, and, and this is not a criticism of the younger generation, because we can argue the same of older ones as well. Would you say that's a fair observation that I'm making there? That yes, they might have overcome that block, but actually, that doesn't mean to say that what content they're pushing out there is any, of any great value. Some
1: of it is, but there's still a lot of I do there's, there's a lot of noise out there. It's not clear. I'm glad you touched on that, and I would say I 100% agree. And the danger in that happening is somebody would go out with the confidence, and we do see this on, on YouTube or social media, et cetera, and only a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage understand the power of communication and they get their message across in an amazing way. Although he's not in our generation, I like to refer to people like Casey Neistat. You know, he's yeah. he's phenomenal in the way that he can get a message across, although he uses video in a magical way to get that message across as well. But for every magical person out there who understands how powerful communication is and knows how to use it there's hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of thousands, of thousands of people in my generation who do it and then suddenly think oh nobody wants to listen to me or why is nobody responding or oh my god I must not be valuable to the world and then they can lose the confidence and That's suddenly right. regress and yeah. all of that suddenly stripped away because it is so noisy out there. It is so difficult to be heard. And I know I did mention the fact that there's lower friction because of the media channels. But one thing our listeners need to understand is those media channels are still controlled by a Google, by a Facebook, by these large companies, and they can strip away the confidence. And I think there's an incredible documentary out at the moment on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And I think it's worth a reference point to our listeners to understand how that can cause regression in this esteem, confidence. And on the topic of confidence, whilst it comes up in my mind, recently we had an amazing guest, Siobhan Birmingham, who spoke to us on this topic of confidence. And if somebody can hit this brick wall, you know, she described it really well, and they attach their confidence to somebody watching their video on social media. If somebody therefore didn't watch their video on social media, this would mean that they lose their confidence and self esteem and she described it with one very of a powerful personal illustration story. actually in there for a young mm. girl as well, so I think very valid insight Ro, and I think it's real. so I think if we can leave the listeners today with a way in which they can master or take the first step in mastering communication, yeah. if they've already got the confidence, amazing, just now add the skills to become great at it. but yeah. what if somebody doesn't have that confidence or somebody is is well, I mean, what is the block? What is stopping them? I mean,
0: there are several blocks. Over the years, I mean, I've, I've worked with so many people, but not just the people I've worked with on a one-to-one, just observing and listening and overhearing conversations that people have about, yeah, I was going to do that, but oh, you speaking public? Oh my gosh, I thought about that years ago, but, and then you get here, the button, you know, there's the classic, get off your button, do something. <laughs> they uh, they they come up with different reasons. And, and I think I've arguably narrowed it down to four things. So if you're listening to this, it'd be interesting to see what your your first reaction to this. If you've been thinking for a while, I want to do something, I want to speak, I want to get my message out there, I'd like to get on video, I want to get on YouTube, I want to go out and speak, I want to run events, whatever it is, you had even opportunities, it will be typically in one of these four categories. The first one is fear of rejection. It's just, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of his core needs that he identified as every one of us have a need to be loved or to have a sense of belonging, to be part of something, to be connected to a greater good of other people. It's it's that feeling of being loved and cared for. And innately, we all have a desire for that from your young son, Bodhi, who's just a couple of months old, you know, even though he doesn't necessarily consciously know it, you can see the reaction in when you give him that unconditional love right through to us as adults. And of course, when you go in front of an audience and if somebody smears, smears their face um, or sneers, sorry, or they kind of laugh at you, or they possibly one eyebrow goes up or they... Otherwise. Look at their watch when you're speaking, even the tiniest thing. I've got used to that now. But in the beginning, if I saw somebody yawn or look at their watch, I was like, fuck, what have I just done there? Maybe they're bored with me. I mean, that's the kind of psychology that is associated with this feeling of failure or rejection. So that's definitely the first one. Second, Wait, what, let me just press pause there well, yeah, because
1: yeah. now you've evolved into being such a, a great public speaker that if somebody's looking at their watch or they on their mobile phone, you just say... <laughs> if I'm boring you, would you like to leave the room? And if you continue to do this, I'm just going to take your phone and throw it out the window. So, and- I do warn them to in advance.
0: Me. So don't, for anyone listening, it's not like I go out and bully people. Or anything. It's yes, more yes. of at the beginning of an event, I'll say, look, you know, out have respect for other people because we had people in the audience complain that the person next to them is always on their phone so uh, th- yeah it used to be bothering me but when i realized it was bothering the audience i then thought you know what let me let people know in advance if you're going to get on your phone then i'm going to ask you to leave or if you're going to get on your phone i might even take your phone from you and if you and even when somebody's yawned as you said i've just kind of picked them up on it because I'll, yes, if if you've gone to the effort of preparing something with a strong message and they've come there maybe against their will or because they thought oh maybe i'll give this a go and they sat there, if they don't want to be there, they shouldn't really be sat next to somebody else because it's very off-putting when you're in an audience to be sat next to somebody who's not engaged. But I've learned to handle that at the level I am now. In the early days, I would have just ignored it. And it wasn't until people started complaining in my audiences about other people in the audience that I thought, okay, this is different now because I'm not just, I'm not protecting myself here. I'm actually looking after the people I'm talking to. So so it's a valid observation you've made there. But rejection is definitely a core reason why people have a block i think the second one is just the fear of clamming up it's not being able to explain things properly it's getting up in front of an audience and what do they call it you know freezing i froze i didn't know what to say it's it's the actor who suddenly forgot their lines and it's the speaker that went up to go to a wedding and then and then completely went off on a tangent how many wedding speeches have you heard about that were totally fucked up because the person completely went off on a tangent yeah people have a fear of that because these stories become urban legends which then create an urban fear so you know there's there's number two i think a third one would be a belief that people aren't going to take me seriously i don't you know what if I go up there and then they just don't take me seriously? I've gone to all this effort. I've stood in front. I've exposed myself. I'm sharing my belief system when I'm speaking. That's the thing that we have to remember. The minute you go up and say anything on camera to an audience, even on a one-to-one, if you're speaking on a one-to-one basis, and that at that point, you are making a statement about who you are, how you show up in the world, what you believe. You're dressing yourself down to a point where you're naked. Your beliefs are exposed to the world. So again, another fear. By the way, I'm not trying to make you more scared as an audience listening. I want you to be aware. (laughs) These are things. And then the last one is, I think people say, you know, I'm not sure if I've got enough. Are they really going to listen to me? Have I got a good enough message? Do I really have something to say? And that's different to people taking me seriously. So the serious is, they they just don't take me seriously. The last one is, have I got a good enough message? Have I actually got something to say to people? So those four things... From my experience, are the four main reasons why people don't. You've already picked up on something which is really observational and very intuitive, and that is you said you know people often make excuses. So what I typically hear is those four reasons are masked by other excuses that they kind of strap on. And they wrap up the the main excuse with stuff like as you said earlier, I'm too busy, I'm not interested, I don't have enough time to prepare, you know it's it's going to take too long. To learn to become a speaker, or to speak, or to prepare for this, uh, I can't find the, the right place to deliver my message.
1: I mean, they'll come up with absolutely anything. You heard it in the workplace, I'm sure. And and to, just to add some context to the listeners, there, I know you know myself and Ro are on the podcast, and we're talking about this, and we and we have a, a conversation, and it's quite free flowing, and we can just bounce off each other. But you know, Rome, you mentioned. Back in the day, you were standing up in class and you were stuttering, and that could have been a rapper in disguise, which you then evolved beyond that point. For myself, it was I would say I never had the right mobile phone, or I never had the right video camera to talk into. My uh, internet wasn't fast enough, so I shouldn't do video today. So I was I was wrapping my fear up of public speaking three four years ago now in in these kind of masks. But I, my excuse was technological, though. it was always, ah, well, this camera's not clear enough or, oh, my hair's not white right today. So I would have all of these, these masks in my head. But now when you've explained those, those four items, I probably had a combination of all four. And I think a lot of people may have a combination of all four playing out, but I think it's really useful that you shared that because if you have, I think as soon as somebody identifies an excuse, I am too busy. Or uh, my phone is not the latest iPhone, so I shouldn't do video. People are not going to like it. I think quickly dive deep dive and say, do I have a fear of rejection? Am I scared of clamming up? Do I think people are not going to take my message seriously? Or am I just doubting the fact that I have anything valuable to say and put out into the world? So, I think my, I, I answered these questions with you Rome. you know, many years ago and coming through the communicating with impact process myself. So that's why this stands out to me now. But having discussed this, I just wanted to share with the listeners some of my almost silly excuses when I think back on it now, but they were obviously masking the fact that I had these these fears.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can remember the four fears, then anything else is kind of a, a wrap around that. And the truth is that everyone has a message. And I think most people have a really important message and it's kind of burning inside them. That's why uh, over the years I've heard so many people say, I want to write a book, but they never get round to it. And there's a book in everybody and that's a message, isn't it? At the end of the day, the question is how passionate are you about it? I mean, do, how do you feel about sharing this message to the world? That's the key. That's the starting point. If you know that you have a message, then it's a case of what is it you want to say? Whom do you want to say it to? And, you know, are you prepared to put the work in? on you, sometimes on yourself first, not even on the actual message to get to the point where you feel comfortable enough to share it outwardly. So I think, you know, in asking the question, my response to your question to everybody listening is, you know, don't think of this as a podcast about public speaking. Think of it as a podcast about how can you take what's inside you, this burning passionate message that you've probably been thinking about for a long time and articulate it out to the world. And if so, and you want to do it through what medium? You know, is it through social media? Is it through your phone? Is it digital product? Is it writing a book? Because public speaking can also be on paper as well, albeit it's a different
1: form, but it's still about communication. Absolutely. So I think that's a great bridge actually onto the next question, which I had around with the fact that we've identified the blocks and the typical fears, the four fears that typically show up in people's world and the way they maybe disguise this with excuses. So my next question is, how do people overcome these fears and blocks? And as a millennial, I see a lot of people who have an incredibly great message, and we've previously touched on this, they have, you know, tried to develop themselves. They are passionate about the subject. You know, they really care about the subject they're talking about. And there's some incredibly important subjects in the world that still need a powerful message supporting it. But that word, their message is they fall short in delivering the message itself. So just wondering if you could speak into that space and mainly just helping the listeners at home overcome these fears and blocks so that then we can show them a way on how they can actually start to enhance this skill.
0: So, okay. So while we're on this theme then, so what, what would you say when you started, I mean, when you're in the workplace, did you, were you nervous? Did you just get on with it? What, what were your blocks? Just cause it's quite interesting for me to know that from a kind of age contract. I mean, my, my, I don't have blocks about speaking in public now. However, when I go to an event, if it's a big event, I still get nervous. So for me, the shift is slightly different. It's more, it's not that I'm not going to do it, but it's more I want to make sure I, I get the right message over. So it's a more refined feeling now. It's like, how do I tighten down what I'm saying to such an extent that it really creates great impact? But 20 years ago, it's a different type of fear. So what, what, you know? If, if I go back to your age it's sort like of 30 plus, I mean, if you rewind another five years before
1: that, even before you met me, did you have the blocks and, and what were they for you? Yeah, so I'd say I certainly had the blocks and the blocks we've mentioned in, in the in the previous question that in the way you've answered it is these four blocks. And I think I had a combination of all of those. But now having the conversation with you, what that meant in the past was I actually had no focus on the message that I wanted to deliver. My entire focus was on getting through this talk Ging myself up to do the talk, getting over the nerves associated with the talk. So all my focus and attention was spent there, and I had no energy left to focus on the message. I just got up there, delivered, and then walked off, and was thankful I didn't have to do this for another month. And I think that's by having those fears, I completely was fo- focusing my energy on the wrong place. So I'd say that's my that was my personal insight. Uh, from looking back now. Mm, very good. I think it's good that people
0: are listening because it's, it's it's very important to get sort of different perspectives on this. I mean, look, going back to the question about blocks, I think the best way to tackle this is on a, in a more logical way. But, you know, jump in and ask me questions as I go through this. Mm. So it starts with self-assessment. It's not so much about the speaking the mechanics of speaking it's more about you as an individual so if i go through four things i'm, I'm hoping we can get these up on the show
1: notes harms First, Yeah let's do that and just for reference uh, for those listening remember the show notes are at cicardo.com you just head to cicardo.com and the show notes are here for this episode and all the previous episodes brilliant so uh, i think you know if
0: if you're listening to this right now and it's it's a case of okay i have got a blog i'm kind of conscious of that The first question I've got is, do you actually want to speak publicly? Do you have a message you want to take out to the public, out to the world? So probably a more powerful way for me to frame it. Meaning does the idea of speaking in front of people online, which I think is very much the case at the moment, or offline, does it generate a feeling of excitement? Do you feel motivated by it? Do you feel nervous about it at the same time? Because you kind of need to, it needs to be a mixture of both the, the, yeah, yeah, I really want to do this, but oh shit. The thought of it kind of makes a little bit of a knot in my stomach, but I kind of want it. That feeling of, like, you, you know, it's like a bungee jump. You want to do it, but the other side of you says, oh, do I really want to do it? So could you see yourself having fun doing it? Could you see it being something very fulfilling? Do you get excited about the idea of going up? Um, I mean, I remember the first time you came up and started doing testimonials and then started speaking at some of my events, Harms. You were excited. I could see you just wanted to do it. You are excited about it. There was a fear maybe, but you overcame that by just going through some of the processes, but you
1: wanted it from the start. Yeah, I think that's a fair first point and a starting point because anybody who's had that niggling feeling in, in the back of their mind that oh, I want to share this message, I want to speak, I want to say something, I think that's the first insight. And I think artists often describe this in, uh, in these amazing books and when they talk about their art form, whether it's painting, speaking, writing, is they had to write, or they had to speak. They had to share their particular message. And what we're trying to do here is remove the block so you can go ahead and do that. But but I think what you're saying, Ro, is if that if that feeling exists, you know, it constantly talks to you, then this is something you have to take seriously. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and so this is it. It's, it's
0: the difference between, so so recently I, I was filtering out some people to do some speaking specifically around a certain subject. And three or four people came to mind and one of them was just absolutely jumping up and down and wanted it the other person has a very good aptitude for it but but when i positioned it to him he said oh that yeah that sounds really interesting and it wasn't the same reaction as the first person and then i went to a third person and her reaction was very much, yeah, I really want to do this. So what you've got to start with a desire. It has to come from there because with that, everything else is learnable. Second one then is, do you have a message or messages that you want to share with the world? What is it that you want to get out? Is it about your business? Is it about a product or a service? Is it something a little bit deeper? Is it to do with, you know, you as a woman wanting to, I spoke to somebody today and she, she, her whole theme is about empowering women in business, which is great. Equally, it might be that you're a bloke and you've been through a difficult time in a relationship and you just want to help guys that have had a tough time in relationships so it could be that you're a single father i mean it could be any subject at all that you feel passionate
1: about and it- i want to throw one more yeah, in there, on. is is because as you know we we work in the online space and if you want to be the head and you want to promote your business you want to speak about this amazing product you have this amazing service you have then you would fall in this category as well so i think uh, I'm just going to throw that one in there. When do you have a message? The message also applies to, I have an amazing product. I've got an amazing startup. I've got something I want to share with you. And I just don't have the ability to do it. But hopefully by listening to this, you're going to start to get the encouragement and a starting point on how you can do that. Brilliant.
0: Now, of course, around that, as we said, is, you know, this message is, what is the message? Is it for a specific group of people? So I think in in enthusiasm, this goes back to what I was saying earlier on. You can be enthusiastic and you'd even get a message out there, but it might not be the right message that you want to get out there. So you've got to be focused, and this is what we talk a lot about with is bringing it down to some really clear focus. So that's number two. Number three is just on a scale of one to ten, how important is it to you to get the message out there? Is it something like, yeah, that 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 could be interesting? That's f- to me when somebody says, oh yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. Um, doing speaking that's like a two out of ten to me Mm. whereas if somebody says to me oh man i've been wanting to do this for so many years i've been shitting myself i've watched other people i thought yes oh man i wish and that i really want to do it that now we've got somebody there that's passionate okay so what do you want to do i I just i've always wanted to talk to, to single parents i've always wanted to talk to people about getting healthy or eating better or whatever it is that the subject is okay so specifically what was the message well I just believe that people need to eat you know, more live food, be more slightly balanced towards raw food or greens, whatever or whatever the subject be. But they're kind of getting a picture that's narrowing down. So you've, on a scale of one to 10, five being, yeah, be nice. One being not interested at all. Eight being, uh, I definitely want to do this. Just got quite a few blocks to overcome, but I want it. 10 is like, it's a done deal. Just show me how had to jump and for how long I need to stay in the air. So you've got kind of a measure there. It needs to be up around seven and above to, to allow that commitment to shine through, which then kind of takes me to the last question, which is, how would it feel? Again, these are all four personal questions. So how would it feel to be in front of an audience? So for example, Harms, the first time you came up and spoke at a CWI event, you had a whole slot, I think, talking about building a business online, that type of thing. How did that feel the very first time you did that? Oh, it was wonderful.
1: It was, it was wonderful. I, I mean, excited. I mean, when you invited me on to speak for that slot, it was excitement. It was okay, the preparation time, I was feeling like a 10 on that scale in how important it was for me to share that particular message on the stage. So that that's probably, I mean, I love the scale way of describing it. The feeling, it was incredible. And then, you know, you get the feedback off the back of that as well. So absolutely loved it. I mean, if anybody wants to know,
0: speaking in public fulfills at least four of the basic human needs that Maslow talked about. And the rule of thumb is you become addicted to something when you Mm. hit three or above. So for example, you know, one of the basic core needs we have is the need for variety. Well, speaking has a lot of variety because there's so much to do and experience and you're feeding off an audience that, could react in lots of different ways the subject matter can be broad as well as narrow so you've got variety there so that's one of your basic core needs is met another core need we have is a need for connection with other people Well, speaking gives you that so this whole Need to connect with other people. Another need we have is a need for certainty or security. Well, if you're great at what you do and you speak and you inspire people and you know you're good at it, you get a great sense of certainty that I'm doing a really good thing here to change people's lives. That's three things already that you've connected with on your core needs. Now, you add to that one of the biggest ones as well, of course, is a need for importance, significance, or ego, you might want to call it, where you get recognized for what you do. Speaking 100% gives you that when you're doing a cracking job. You've got four needs met. Now you go to Maslow's top of his pyramid, and he talks about self-actualization. In other words, rising to another level of growth as a human being. And then the other one is is contribution to other people, which of course speaking allows you to do. You get six basic human needs met. It is incredibly addictive. So when you get good at it and you start connecting with people, all you want to do is do more of it. And that's the
1: opposite to somebody who's fearful. They'll come up with every excuse to, to avoid it. I love that, and as a side note, there's a little bit of a, almost an educational piece there on how addiction works. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating, just as a general topic. And I know it's, we spoke it, about it in the past. Very
0: true, alcoholism, um, you know, uh, drug abuse. They serve the same needs. That's the ironic thing. You can get this. Here's the fun. So that's a great point, Harm's. So you got you want to get variety. Go and get drunk a lot okay you, mm. you want to get connection um, and start to get drunk and talk to people they don't want to talk to me That's great I can get connection I can suddenly my inhibitions go through the, go through the floor don't they because they, they've all disappeared now so I can connect with loads of people where I'm sober I'm afraid to do that so I've got two things there then I want to get so I've got variety I've got I've got connection then I've got uh, if I'm loud and I'm drunk, I can get a lot of attention from people. So people often get a lot of attention when they're drunk, which of course is significance. They can be rude. They can get angry. Some people get violent. So they get the significance that way. So you've got three things there. And then the fourth thing, of course, you know, we're talking about certainty. Well, I know if I get drunk, I can drown my sorrows. I can I can get lost. And at least I'd I have to worry about it. I'm certain that if I go to that space there, I, I'm always going to have the same feeling. I can get lost in the world of mm. alcohol. So, you're falling. so that becomes an addictive thing. Speaking publicly, contributing to the world or getting drunk. <laughs> you, know, you look at the two. Your one, choice. Yeah, your choice. And <laughs> one serves the world differently to the other one. So you're spot Amazing. on about addiction there. Yeah.
1: So so you've spoke to us now. There's, there's four stages there yep. to starting with a self-assessment. Yes. Now, what's... What do we do next then? Now now we, so basically what we're saying is, okay, actually public speaking or speaking publicly as we're describing it here, I want to do that. Yeah, You know, I, I'm up yeah, there yeah, seven good. out of 10 yeah. and I would feel absolutely amazing if I do that. Now, but the blocks are still there. Right. What do we do next? So, so in order to tackle a block, we first of all have to identify,
0: is it something strongly enough that I want to deal with? And the answer is yes. Okay, so now we go to the next part of the process, which is five things. Well, number one is, what is the biggest fear you've got? So you've got to identify it, name it and shame it, stick it on a wall, brainstorm it, mind map it, whatever. But the idea of standing in front of that audience or going onto that YouTube channel or getting the camera out and speaking. I mean, you you saw, Harms, we did a three, the last CWI event we ran was about a year ago. We we put hundred people through an event for three, four days actually, I think it was, three and a half, four days. And on the last day, we got, everyone got the cameras out, didn't they? And they only mm. had to do one minute to camera. And even there- even after three days, some people still had a block and it wasn't that they didn't have the message because they'd learned that. It wasn't that they didn't have the right approach because they'd learned that. It wasn't that they didn't know how to engage the audience because they'd learned that. The block was now the idea of looking into a tiny little screen and talking as though they were talking to an audience. So that's a different... It was a technological block as opposed to, I'm just freaking scared of talking to the public. So we have to narrow it down. You have to peel the onion to the point where you go, this is the real fear that I've got. And that comes down to asking some deeper questions. Does that make sense as I work through this? Yeah, it makes total sense. Okay. So then, then you ask the question, how can I work on it? So let's say your fear is you're not sure you're always going to get the right message. You're not going to be clear when you're delivering the message. The fear is, what if I don't get a clear message and I kind of confuse my audience? Okay, so now we know that's the block. How can I work on that? What do I need to do to work on that particular area? And you have to chip away at that first. The only question I would ask is, apart from that, and this is a classic objection solving process. Apart from that, what else that might stop you becoming a professional speaker or speaking public? And you go, no, no. The other stuff I'm okay with, but this is my main block, right? So we've nailed it down to that. So number two is then how can you work on that? What tools, what resources do you need to pull in place to help you work on that? Number three is who can help you? So this is not something that's easily resolved on your own because you can't often see, you only have your own perception of how it looks. So you might be seeing the block and the way you articulate one way, but when somebody else, this is what coaching Coaching, this is the one area that if you're going to get coached on, get coached on this or have somebody guide you through a process so you can self-reflect because otherwise, how do you know what the block is? Now, what I do with CWI is I kind of raise to your consciousness the typical things like we've done, we've done today that come up. And often when you're going through the process of learning it, you go, ah, that's it, what Dr. O said there. That's the thing I'm noticing. So sometimes by having awareness, you can self-coach to some degree. Otherwise, who do you need to help you through that process? Whether it's an audio program, going to a seminar, working with a coach, you'll need something to upskill that next level. That's number three. I love that. And just let
1: me add there, Ro, is what I love in you know this, the, the training program, which is communicating with impact, whether it's run live in person or it's run live online as the circumstances have changed, yeah. is in the process of You know, you do a lot of group exercises, you pair people off quite regularly through the three or four days, depending on what the system is at the time. By that very nature, you have somebody there for that compressed focus time, which is two, three, four minutes where this person can help you because often, you know, we're, we're analyzing each other objectively. How can they improve? What was the block? What was the fear? What was, what was the thing stopping you here? And in that four or five minutes, you know, you've, you've like, Wow. Okay, thank you for helping me. The partner you're working with at that moment in time, on helping me identify that, it just clicks in that moment because it's it's so sometimes difficult to be objective or be a silent witness on your own mind, your own behaviour, and what's happening. So that's probably a great pro for anybody who's thinking, oh, do I, you know, do I step, step into a training environment? Well, one of the pros is you work with somebody objectively who you may never see again, but in that moment. It's it's, it's a magical moment. You, You get to spend time together, but that five minutes is the result you needed. And it's so worthwhile.
0: I think to add to that as well, whatever environment you do this in, it has to be someone that you agree on from the outset you will take absolute honest feedback. So when we do it, for example, as you've mentioned there on the CWI online or face-to-face when we do them live, it doesn't matter either way, you still get that person you're going to work with. When you go into that space and it's a five minute, people go, five minutes? It's amazing how when you are narrowed down to a short time frame and there's absolute transparency, tell me exactly what you see, exactly what you hear, don't filter it, you get instant feedback. Whereas in the real world, where there's a load of noise and people's egos, and what if I upset them and all that stuff, you might hear something from somebody a year later, go, well, you know, I've always wanted to tell you this. Go, Why didn't you tell me that a year ago? <laughs> um, so it's, it's true, isn't it? It's like intensive. Yeah. So this, who do I, who can help me? It's like, who can I help? If you want to add to that, who can I get to help me that will give me honest impartial, non-judgmental, and without any other agenda feedback. And that, that's where ideally you're either doing it in an environment where it's a seminar where everyone has agreed to that. It's almost like a formal verbal contract, or you're working directly with a coach who's going to do that with you. But that's vital if you want to upskill on, on a higher level with speaking. And then what do you need to overcome to learn the skills? So is it you that's the problem? To overcome. So, in other words, if you said, "Okay, back to the message." Yeah, I was going to get my message wrong. I, I, I seem to leave them confused, and I and I, I unload too much information because I'm so enthusiastic. Okay, so you're going to get somebody to help you with that, but what do you need to do to overcome that? It might be that you say, well, the reason I don't want to get help is because I'm afraid of looking stupid, or it might be a financial reason. I I don't have the funds to invest in having somebody work with me one-to-one, in which case, well, what could you do to get around that? You maybe invest in an online digital product to start with, which is cheaper, that at least starts to get you going. But you've got to find a reason strong enough that overcomes those hurdles. For most people, it's time and money, and then you've got tucked behind that ego as well. So understand what you personally need to overcome to allow you to go learn this because it is a it is a skill that can be learned. And I know that having done that with so many people. And then finally, number five is offer to speak. Having got to this stage and overcome those first four, and now you're learning the skill. In other words, you're ideally paying for this because free stuff, you get what you pay for. If you, if you go online and follow a lot of these free videos, you'll get to a certain point, but you won't fine tune it. And it's when you pay for something, you get that, that deeper level of value. So again whether it's a coach or a program or you're reading a book although a book is good it still doesn't take you through and demonstrate the process of speaking it will certainly help you but when you get to that end of level 4 that's step 4 now you need to be out doing this so find a group find an individual find somebody that you can speak to even if it's like four or five people that are happy to listen to you online a friend of mine just recently launched uh, some online webinars which he now has turned into workshops And for about six to 12 months, all he did was make excuses. And I've known him for for a long time as a friend. And finally, I just said, can I speak to you frankly, just literally as though I was your coach? And he said, yeah, I said, stop making excuses. And it was all about, I've got to get enough people. I've got enough. I said, even if it's one person, you've made the first step. And then you you move to three. And then he's recently done, I think it was a webinar in front of 50. 40 people or 30 people, I can't remember the number, and he converted about half of those people, which is a phenomenal conversion, which is from some of the tools we taught him, converted them over to come to a workshop with him. So 50% conversion onto a workshop, which he then charges a fee for and delivers for, I think, a day or two days. Going from, oh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should wait till everything's perfect. Well, it's it's never going to happen. You just got to do it. And so that's the last step, is going out and starting the process of speaking, breaking the flow. It's like it's like releasing the valve on a dam and the water starts to flow through and now it's really opening up and the valve starts to release and boom, a whole lot comes out. The water represents in this metaphor the words that you've got to share with other people. And then you just got to learn to communicate with impact. I think that's probably the final message on that.
1: I love that. And I think there's a really important message in all of those four, uh, five steps there, including that there's those final ones, steps four and five. This is a very logical fine. podcast, isn't it? I'm doing lots of steps here. If you know, <laughs> I know. I I, I love this. So I'm just going to add add a a side step, which is you know you mentioned fine tuning, and you know only very recently, this is something myself and yourself we take very seriously you know, we, we're climbing, you know, we got, we do this indoor climbing, it's just come to mind and we're sort of done steps one, two, three, and we're just going for it. Now we're starting to ask ourselves, how do we fine tune this? That's so right. we That's very true. Yeah. You know, we, we're investing a coach, in a, we, yeah. a climbing coach who's going to just work with us two and help us fine tune. So that's our, who can help us. Then what do we need to overcome this skill? And, and, you know, the coach will give us advice that, okay, you need to get stronger. You need to work on these techniques and that's a, great, that's a great that's a great yeah. example and it includes buying the equipment so like you know we've
0: gone out we've got shoes now mm. uh, and it's, it's gone beyond i mean i used to climb a lot but it's been a while so us going back on the wall again it's quite nice because it's reactivated what was a pretty it's like a speaker or somebody wanted to speak years ago and now you're back in the space again. Here we are, back in the climbing space.
1: So one of our yeah, and, and we started climbing on the smaller, the smaller, easier frames, and now we're getting more difficult and more difficult as we fine tune it. Uh, and then we're talking about investing in a coach to look after us and fine tune us and make us an expert in that specific area. So I think that's the way to start. And you know, when I've seen you, if somebody's listening to this, saying, "Okay, is this the same information Roe gives people? He teaches how to speak." Um, absolutely. And, you know, communicate with impact, a lot of people have never, ever physically spoken in front of a group of people, but you allow them that first step, come onto the stage, there's a whole bunch of people there to support them. And then they make their first speech, they share their message to a small group of people uh, for the first time ever, which is beautiful. Now, you mentioned, you know, this need to master and master the ability to communicate with impact. And I think let's address that last point as an action step as we close off this podcast, because I want to leave the listeners with something that they can physically do. Now they understand how they can move past their blocks and to help encourage listeners to you know go on and actually smash through this fear that they have of public speaking, including these other areas which you've spoken about and highlighted earlier in the show, is where is you know, the opportunity for our listeners now in relation to public speaking. Now, I remember at your live Communicating with Impact event, you have a section there where you explain to the audience 10 different ways in which a public speaker can go on to generate revenue in the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and even millions. Now, we won't have time to cover all 10, but as a general overview, to get the listeners fired up, to get them encouraged to take this seriously, overcome any fears they have, because... They could be missing an incredible opportunity here, which could transform their personal, family, business life. So I guess that the main question here, Ro, is what does public speaking allow someone to go on and achieve for them, their families, their business, their revenue, their income, their brand? What what does it mean to that? Okay, this is a great question. And you know, I think if you're looking at public speaking, to try
0: and demystify it, but also simplify it, I think that's the most important approach here. And you're gonna learn this, those of you that come and do some of the work with me on CWI, even if you by the way just go and watch the, the webinar that we have, this will help understand what I'm doing, even in the course of during the course of this podcast, is essentially public speaking, and I know we're talking about speaking publicly, but here it falls into three categories. You either speak for free, and you, and you you've asked about monetizing it, so I'm kind of steering it towards that. But you are so number one is you speak for free. And you're simply there to share a message. That's all you're doing. Your intention is to raise awareness, inspire other people. And for me, I did this for years. I I never even looked to monetize it. I was out speaking in colleges. I went to universities. I was invited into sort of women's groups, even went in to speak to the over 70s and some of the pensioners. And it was any opportunity I had to talk about, for me, it was personal development and building self-confidence and beliefs that I was doing that like 25, 30 years ago. I loved it. And I never at any point thought about monetizing it. It's only in recent years that I think it's become even for younger people, oh, I can make money as a speaker. Whereas back in those days, we didn't even think about that. So that's the first one. The second one is speaking and getting paid. And that's actually physically getting paid for the work that you're doing. Okay, and I'll come back to that in just a minute. And then the third one is speaking to raise money for other people, i.e. speaking on behalf of a charity, for example, where you're going out, and you are a professional or a public speaker or just a voice. It might be that you've just got a passion for a particular charity and you happen to have a skill about that charity and you want to go and talk about it. And I think if you think of it in those three categories, you might argue, well, isn't that the same as the first one? Not really, because the first one is sharing a message. And that, by the way, in itself is one of the components within CWI. The second one is getting paid. So now you're doing something with a view to earning from it. And that can be categorized in different ways. And the third one is you are sharing a message, but you're raising money. So it requires a different skill set. Is this making sense, Harms, to the first yeah, one? Yeah, that does make sense. You teach, th- but you don't necessarily have to raise money. But if you're charity
1: speaking, now it's a different skill set needed. Exactly. And, and I think why it's useful for somebody to be aware of this is if you have never entered the public speaking realm, you may not know, you know, where's the best place to place my message? So as we go forward now into the show, just keep these three areas or buckets in mind and it's okay to do all three i guess it's a question well is it okay to do all three yeah. should you focus on one can you do can you get paid and do some stuff for charity well i mean i personally i i have done and continue
0: to do all three and i, and I have done from a young age the charity side didn't come till a little bit further down the line so i started with actually doing a lot of stuff for free that's that's all i did And then I got to a point where people were saying, well, you know, we'll pay you to come in. I was like, oh, that's great. And along the way, I think because you're out there in the public space, people say, and when people come to me and say, oh, I run a charity or, you know, I have a cause that we're really passionate about. We'd love you to come and speak, Dr. O. Would you be able to do that? Maybe you could encourage people to, you know, take a look at what we're doing. I always said, yes. So I think the the charity side came that little bit further. And that part of that Mm. was because I had a
1: confidence to be able to deliver my message differently. So it's a good question. Okay, so if you was to if you was to break down all three, what's a quick advantage, or what's 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 a bit of an added description for each of those items? Right. So free talks allow you to raise your profile. Okay. So let's
0: let's do it that way. It's a good way of asking the question, actually. So free ta- free talks allow you to raise your profile in the sense that you are out there to talk about a subject, and this is the whole point about what we talked about earlier on about don't be somebody. This is very broad. Choose your subject and get recognised for it. You know, people generally know me for two things. One is personal development, communication, uh, that era. And then the other one is wealth development, property. So there's two broad categories, but there's two narrow fields inside of that. So under personal development, my main thing is communication. And within that, you have communication on an internal level, working people's beliefs, values, and externally to communicate effectively on a corporate level or a personal level. On the wealth area, it would be specializing in property as an investment. So I speak in that subject as well. So you've got to choose what your area is. And if you do it for free to start with, you create credibility and you sharpen your act. So the same conversation I had with somebody today is do you want to be a trainer or do you want to be a speaker? Because a trainer, you can go out and train people, whereas as and you're recognized for that particular thing because you are training people or a speaker is a lot more versatile you're talking into a subject in a much broader way and it has inspirational elements to it, it has very subtle skills that
1: maybe a trainer doesn't need to use or have so i love that distinction you just raised there Ro, because i want to paint the picture for the listeners because this is something i can understand and me and you have had regular conversations <laughs> yeah, right. on this where you tried to explain to me okay there's there's two types of speakers and i think one type of speaker is, the way I like to think about it is, you know, when you go to a work environment and then you're, you're sent off to do some training. And again, this is no disrespect to those people speaking, but they are trainers. They spend a week with you and they're just training you. And sometimes the days do feel like they're dragging on and on and on. You're grateful to be out of the workplace, but you're also thinking, actually, I would like to be back in the workplace because it's so boring. Now that's a trainer who's probably just delivering a message or educating typically. Then the speaker on the other hand is a different dynamic person. Now the speaker is someone who I would sit in front of and row this, I'll class you in this category as well is you spend three days with them, but it feels like three hours. The day just flashes by. It's gone an instant. They're hooked. You move seamlessly from section to section to section and you know, we're so, I'm actually grateful and it's probably because you're your co host with me, but some of the feedback we've had on the Cicado show, which is a free show that we put out is, wow, that hour and an hour and a half that we speak for just flows. It just flies by. And so super, we always thank you for those reviews that get left and that kind of feedback, because that hopefully should start to help you identify who are these two categories of speaker. And I think you mentioned where the speaker can talk dynamically and verse, versatile, i.e. they can speak about anything yeah. that they're passionate about and engage you, excite you, and then leave you thinking, oh my God, I want, I would love to hear that person talk again. Is Have I done those two categories? Yeah,
0: it's a great description. And actually, even when you're doing free talks, you can do free talks as a trainer, and that's a great skill to develop. Or it might be that you want to do free talks and, and it's not just about, so, so training is like educating it goes back into one of our areas of so so of the 38 components within the communication with impact system there's one component called styles now this is where if you don't follow this path you, you will never get the subtleties of this there are four styles of delivery so there's 38 components of communication of which one of those components is called your speaking style but even within there there are four styles and one of those styles is called the messenger a messenger delivers normally factual information. That's what a trainer typically will do. They'll, tr- they'll deliver that. So that's one very specific type of speaking. And it's a great skill to have. And you can go and do it for free. And yes, you can earn money from doing it. If you're starting out to do talks, you can do both those. You can be a more of a technical speaker and you practice doing that for free, or you can be more of an inspirational. So you can be a technical speaker with inspiration. You can be a technical speaker who just basically train you deliver content to your audience as opposed to engaging with them. And you're a speaker now engaging with them. Or you just simply go out and you just do one hour, two hour. And I'll keep it short, to start with shorter inspirational type talks. And you're honing in on that skills. I mean, you've been out with me to some events where you know, there was one we did, I think, in Bristol, wasn't it? some years ago now we drove in the car
1: i feel like we drove a long way <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh um, um, we, we drove four hours so the, the, i think it's a really good story though because i think we, i feel like we drove three hours or it could have been shorter it could have been longer It was probably longer actually it's bristol i think from memory yeah, yeah it was four, quite quite a way cold wet evening um, was i remember cold wet evening raining but the talk was you know we drove there and back probably six hours in length for a hour and a half two hour talk and, you know, you deliver that talk for free as a favor to the host of that particular event to support her and her audience, which is remarkable. And you turned up as a speaker for the ev- that event. And the room was small. And the message here is, you know, you're still doing it, Ro. You know, we, we both traveled down there, spoke to a small group. The travel time was longer than the talk itself. But, you know, a speaker having done it for three decades, you would, you didn't really have to do that. And I think that's a, you know, I'm just pulling that as an insight from this conversation that we're having for speakers who are maybe aspirational they're starting out, they may be feeling like, ah, oh, it might only be four or five people I'm going to speak to. It's going to take me four or five hours to travel there. Is it worth my while? And what's the yeah. message to those people thinking that?
0: Well, I mean, you know, what if one of those four or five people is a Les Brown or a Barack Obama or a, or a Lynn Twist who's raised millions of pounds for charity and all the work she's done over the years? You just never know, dear. It's, it's somebody in that audience that gets inspired by your message that had to be there at that moment in time. And you're right, we, we didn't have to go that night. It, it was a small group. I think like something had happened in the town as well, so there was less people turned up. But we got there and the message was the important one. And and even since then, we've had people come back and give really positive feedback off the back of that. You just never know when you're out in front of an audience who you're going to say what to and how it's going to change their life. Had I not turned up to that hotel in London that you were at, we probably wouldn't be doing this right now. So I think when the opportunity presents itself, this is what I learned, just go do it. I remember turning up to what was supposed to be a pre- well, this is my youth now, my early twenties. It's supposed to be a presentation put on by an organisation or, or a, a charity. Well, I did a couple of charity events, but it's mainly people that were working with young people. And young people generally don't want to rock up to speeches and stuff like that. And there's supposed to be like fifty people, and there was like two or three people. I went to India, and I went. I spent 11, 11 days going to ten cities, and. We went to one event where it was laid out for 100 people and the organiser had got the marketing wrong and we had no flexibility. I could only be in that city and out the same day and they got the times wrong. Out of 100 people, six people turned up. Six. Bear in mind, I'd flown to India. and I'm doing this tour of India. And
1: travelling around India and, is... Uh... Well, you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> that in itself yeah. is an experience. And I just chalked it up to it's part, you know, it's a, it's something you remember and it's a learning lesson. And, you know, in future, this is part of the system now, by the way, as you know, it's the setting and it's making sure that everything's prepared. So all these experiences that I've had over the years where things didn't go well, or they were a bit of a shock, I was like, shit, that shouldn't have happened. I slowly gathered that and then re that into a, an approach so that speaking now isn't just about turning up, but it's about all the preparation and it's about the right environment and all those things when you get there. So free talks are a great way to start working on those skills. So we're not doing it for money. We're doing it for the currency of knowledge and experience and building that up more than anything. So that's the free talks. Then we go to charity work. Now, charity has the same feeling. You know, you're going out and you're giving a talk and you're sharing a message, but now you're standing for something that's maybe not yours. It represents somebody else's. So your message is now something you believe in, but you're representing that for somebody else because you have a better way of articulating it than them. You have a, a way of communicating it in a way that allows them to raise money. And maybe it's not appropriate for them to do it. It's maybe better to have somebody from the outside do it. So you're raising people's awareness and asking them to give either their time or their money, and you're touching their hearts and you're touching their pockets, meaning, you know, you're wanting them to get money out of their pocket and to give so it's a great form of public speaking. And I always found it interesting because I had to move myself out of the equation and really think about what the cause was. So it was another level of talking for me. It's like, okay. And I and I started to learn to ask the questions that you've heard me talk about when I talk about the preparation and we talk about the communication program that we teach. Often we talk about what the outcome is. Well, often. When you and I go into a talk, we're thinking about what's the outcome for us, but what's the outcome for our audience? But if I'm going for a charity, what's the outcome for the charity as well? So again, brilliant form of speaking, but don't expect any monetary benefit from it. It's about you contributing really more than anything else. And of course, the last one is getting paid, which I guess you probably want me to talk about a bit more.
1: I I, I want you to talk about this particular (laughs) subject because once somebody has done the free talks, they will sharpen their axe and at some point somebody's going to want to pay them to speak because their skills are so great. They maybe have started to deep dive the communicating with impact process and started to add those components to their tool belt as such. But mainly because I want them to feel encouraged by you know some of the rewards. And as humans, sometimes one of our biggest rewards is earning money from doing work and doing work via a public speaking format. Can be very lucrative, very, but I'll hand very, over
0: to you now. Very, very lucrative, I mean, and it's something that you know a lot of people don't like to talk about money, et etc. But we need to be candid about this. You can earn a lot of money as a professional speaker, and it's that's why it's a skill worth learning and taking to another level. Be, and there's a conversation I had this morning with, with somebody who you know, and I, the question was, do you do you want to be a trainer for this company, or do you want to be a lifelong speaker where you can inspire people? and at the same time, create money in the future if you want to. So it's kind of changing his perspective
1: on how he looked at it. But it, you know, t- again, let me simplify. So how do you get paid as a so, so just before you start there, well, I just want to give some context to <laughs> the listeners at home around the topic of, because a lot of people may not be aware, You know how do public speakers get paid? But the more aware in terms of the general public are aware of public speakers is when we look at our ex-prime ministers and presidents, i.e. the Tony Blairs, etc. It's well reported that they go on and earn you know, 10x what they would have within their prime minister role as a salary, having gone on to be public speakers. The Clintons are similar examples to that. They go and enter these world stage conversations and they get paid hundreds of thousands of pounds. And that's, of course, at the top scale. But that's the realm we're talking about here because... I know. And it's hard to swallow. I remember the
0: first time I earned in an hour what I used to earn with a PhD as a civil engineer in a year. I mean, mm. that, you know, when you get to that point, it it just becomes, it almost becomes silly to think I spent nine years getting to that point uh, in my career and then went off and, you know, diver- I'd always been, I'd been speaking parallel. So, so whilst I was, actually, this is a good point, actually. So whilst I was studying to do my PhD, so I graduated at whatever it was, 20, let me think about it, 21 years of age. Now, my first time I spoke was probably 18, 19 years of age. And that was to a bunch of college kids off the back of me reading some personal development books, that I've talked about I think, before, and I kind of got passionate about it. And I just I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. I thought, this is brilliant. I want to share this with people without realizing, actually, this has been this has been my passion since I was born, I think. But So I I'd go and do this, I go and do that, and I carry on doing it. And then through my degree I was doing it in the background just talking in colleges etc but again just going off and doing it because I enjoyed it got my PhD sorry doing my PhD I started really nailing it when I had to do technical presentations without realizing that I was bringing in new skills so I went off and I won awards with the Institute of Civil Engineers I went down to the the main headquarters in London where I had to present and got asked to do papers at conferences and things like that that was all power but parallel to that I'm also still doing personal development talks and then I start doing business and then I start doing a network marketing business which took me to another level because now I'm having to speak in front of all sorts of people and I'm basically saying come and join my network buy my products etc so I'm learning all these skills and this is in my 20s my early 20s all the way through to mid 20s and then continued doing it I kind of got out the network marketing business but still carried on talking so back in those days if you were to get paid as a speaker, it was like, oh my gosh, maybe one day I can be like a Les Brown, but it seems so far away. Whereas today it's achievable so much quicker, particularly as you can hone the skills quicker. So you know, if you try and boil that 30 years down and then you say, well, let's try and simplify it into sort of five or six different ways. It's probably six ways to get paid as a speaker. One is a keynote speaker where you you have a very specific skill set. So this is more for those of you that are skilled in a subject. You know, you're recognized as an expert, as I was, and I guess I still am to some extent in my speaking, but also back in those days as a PhD. Now it's in different fields like communication or, say, investing. I don't get invited to go and speak as a professional engineer anymore because I chose to step away from that, but I did do previously. And you can get paid for that. And I'm not going to start talking specifics about numbers, but it can be hundreds into thousands of pounds on an hourly basis. You speak to an hour, hour and a half, 45 minutes, whatever that's one again pause me if i'm sort of going too fast at any stage Mm harms but you mm -hmm. do need a certain skill set to do that then you've got running workshops this is where you can deliver a workshop and be paid for doing that so you're now paid for the workshop itself as opposed to being paid on an hourly basis so you say right i'll deliver this workshop for a day two days whatever and that's my fee for it and you get paid to go and that's the trainer you talked about earlier on that's essentially what that is Number three is being paid by the hour. Now, I haven't really ever done this because mine's nearly always been around a product, a service or being engaged to go in and deliver at like a conference or um, or run a workshop where I say, well, this is the fee for doing it as opposed to an hourly rate. You can do it. It's more of a coaching style speaking than Actually, being paid by the hour. Very few speakers tend to do that, but it is a mechanism for generating revenue if you wanted to do that. The fourth one is based on commission and sales. Now, this is where the level of earnings go up. So, you could get a base rate, you'd be paid a base rate as a speaker, but part of that then includes the ability for you to get a commission on top of that. So, let's say they paid you, let's say you spoke for a day for a company and it's about their subject, could be trading the stock market selling healthy vitality products, selling properties off plan, uh, selling property education, promoting a a new digital product whatever it is I and mean, it can be any subject and it happens to be a company that specializes in that and they say right we'll pay you for the day four thousand pound four five thousand pound which is not an unusual figure for something like that which most people would earn in a year in a month but you're talking about it a day now but it's only four or five and notice my emphasis here, it's only four or five thousand pounds because you're now going to be paid a commission on the sales that you do so if it was a um, a commission owned if it was a paid event where there's no commission, you might charge more for the day. If it's just if it's you're speaking to sell something, you're gonna get paid on the commission. Now, this is where the skill of sales comes in, and it's a totally different level now we're talking about here. And now you're talking to the tens of thousands of pounds, if not more, depending on the, the size of the product you're selling, the value of the product, and you know how your commission structure is based. That one requires not just public speaking skills, but now the sales skills, which is why I've included that in the CWI program because it's so important. You learn that skill, you're suddenly double, tripling your income, literally.
1: Anything you want me to add or is that okay at this stage? I think on the sales skill is um, companies, so whether you enter an organization, I think, well, you may mention running your own organization, but companies are in desperate need for people with the ability to one communicate and have within that communication repertoire the ability to sell their product and communicate their product effectively in order to get that sale to with the mechanism we have now this wider reach wider world is incredibly powerful so i think by by harnessing that particular component itself as a specialist area you know you can it can be extremely lucrative because companies are in desperate need for it. I'll come to the numbers in a
0: minute because it's big opportunities, particularly people listening at the moment. Um, As as Harms just said that number five is just being paid for creating and running your own seminars. So this is where you live. And this is, I guess, the the world that I live in is you, you create something that has extreme value you don't do this to make money you do this to create value for people and off the back of you creating value as Zig Ziglar says you give enough people help enough people get what they want you will receive you know in abundance back to you financially and, and also emotionally so you're creating something here that has value which you then put a price against and if you deliver enough of that with enough value you get paid for that so you you might have a seminar i mean we run a cwi event Last year cost about 50 or 60,000 pounds to run the event. Now, a lot of people wouldn't do that, but of course, you're charging a ticket price, and the ticket price, ultimately, if it's correctly priced, will cover your cost and give you a profit after you've paid various people out. So, that's that is a seminar based business where you are the speaker and you're going to get your biggest, in theory, you're going to get your biggest profit there if you have enough volume coming through that business. But of course, it could just be a small seminar with 20 or 30 people and it makes you maybe five, 10,000 pounds profit, which is what you're looking for. You say, well, if I do one of those a month, that's brilliant. That's what I'm looking for. So again, it's taking your skill, articulating your message, formulating it and giving lots of value. And then the last one is being paid to create digital products and sell digital products online, which is something that I've done for several years, but we've, you know, with Haminda's help with Kyle, who you might've heard when we did the podcast previously on, you know, building a business online, digitizing some of the products that we've got. Uh, I've had sat in the background and when I first met them, you know, I think your words were, you're like a content machine, Roe, we need to digitize that. So uh, that's what we've been doing. So now people can buy the CWI program, for example, as a
1: digital product instead of coming to a seminar. I love that last one, Roe, because it's slightly different to the first five because with the first five you turn up and you get paid for that moment in time and then you leave whereas the magic with creating a selling a digital product is you have a public speaking voice which is constantly occurring in the background because i may go and i often do okay i want to hyper focus or i want to learn about this particular subject great so i'll go discover that subject this person looks fantastic in this particular product. Okay. Let me purchase that. Now I'm experiencing their public voice through this digital product, but they haven't had to turn up that time. So, you know, I would encourage you to revisit Kyle's podcast when he came on as a guest and he spoke about online business and the benefits of online business. So I love number six is turning that public voice into almost a voice that can appear and you don't have to be there To talk every single time actually that podcast
0: is a must if you're listening to this and you're thinking public speaker or speaking public you've got to be thinking in the digital media and online because now is the opportunity where you know we're recording this still amidst the center of covid and i anticipate that the world is not going to get back to any level of normality where you can get out and just you know promote and talk about your products face to face for some time so take the opportunity now to master that skill. So it goes hand in hand with what we're teaching you here. And, you know, I I continue to coach people to become professional speakers and have done for many years. And, you know, not many people ask the question, but I'll tell you to give you an idea for those of you listening that it is not unrealistic. I mean, I've helped people go on to earn a 100 grand a year very quickly to over a million pounds per year. Somebody that I taught probably about six, seven years ago, he has a business that turns over two, two and a half, three million a year now. So even if you just said, well, I just want to, I'd love to go out and be able to make 30 or 40, 50K a year. It's more than achievable. You just have to learn the skills. You've got to learn the the communicate with impact process. It's not just about, oh, I I need to know how to talk to people. No, there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more subtle. And I think through CWI, certainly we've seen people become Better communicators, better parents, better salespeople, better money raisers, working with charities, better managers of their companies. It's an amazing skill and, and it all wraps into public speaking. So if you've got an idea at all, any idea at all, whether you want to take it as a book, a product or a message, this is the time to do it. There is no better time than now because the world is genuinely looking. People are sit at home, they're watching Netflix. Uh, you know, you could end up being somebody who creates something for Netflix. They're watching YouTube, they're looking at Facebook, they've got apps on their phone that literally bring things to their attention now, as you'll discover from the social media documentary that you just heard to talk about, and you have a captive audience. So why not take that message out and learn to do this properly? It is extremely beneficial on a personal, emotional and financial level,
1: period. Period. I love that. And hopefully, one part of the motivation is you have an incredible message you want to share. And, you know, money is not an object. You want to share it regardless. And hopefully, by processing what we've shared in terms of removing those blocks, you're now motivated to go do it. The other motivation, and is equally as important, is okay, if I learn this incredible skill, remove my blocks and fears, I will then go on to have a lucrative business, personal career, and that kind of income coming in will drastically change my life. And Rose mentioned figures, 100,000 to million plus a year. And this is these are real numbers. Hence why I wanted to mention about ex-presidents, ex-politicians, because this is general public knowledge. So these kind of numbers are floated about in the general media as well. So we have so far discussed public speaking, how has it changed, why people still don't do it, but also then how can people overcome these blocks and fears that they have? We've just spoken about this the topic of the ability for people to grab and seize this opportunity that's available to them now in this ever evolving public speaking world. Now, the big question that may be on your mind is how? Okay, well, you've told me how the benefits of being able to public speak, you've now helped me clear some of those blocks. But the big question that I have now as a listener is, How do I go and do it? What does someone like me who has a desire to do this go on and take the first step in developing this skill set? And in the back of your mind, there may be a niggling question which says, Can someone actually learn this? Are are people not just born with the ability to public speak? So I guess, well, just at a level of complexity, there's two questions. One is, Can someone learn this skill? And then I think, Great way to wrap this whole show up is how we 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 set the listeners on a journey of yeah. how they can go on to learn the skill.
0: I mean the answer is and I know you're going to know the answer <laughs> is yes 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 one hundred percent a hundred percent. So don't be don't feel daunted by standing alongside somebody that you thought was an amazing speaker or you've I can never do that. Uh, You don't have to be that person. You just have to be you. And and the authentic message, I think, is something we haven't had a chance to talk about. Actually, that should almost be the theme of a podcast, actually. Maybe we can pick that as a theme. But being authentic, uh, I I have sat with you on numerous occasions, and not to be critical, but just to kind of share with you my thoughts, but also see how much you've grown as an observer of people. And we've looked at videos, haven't we, of people online who have done recordings, and 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 I've said to you, what do you think? And, you know, you've come back and gone, yeah, I mean, they they know their stuff, but they just don't feel authentic to me. That's the important thing, isn't it? It's like, can I be authentic? And I think the skill is learnable, but you don't have to be a clone
1: of someone else. I mean, am I making sense, Harms? I think that's the key. I think how many people go about public speaking is, you know, possibly this misconception that I have to be able to speak confidently in front of somebody like this person like the uh, although he's absolutely incredible but i have to be like barack obama yeah. and then when they can't be that person they are presenting themselves in an inauthentic way I, again they end up in the cycle of actually maybe i shouldn't be a public speaker maybe it's not for me
0: you, you, you see harms well, uh, you know as, as a speaker you know, you have to, <laughs> Sorry, that's my Barack Obama impression, <laughs> but cloning is a term that I hear used. And, you know, modeling and cloning are two different things. Modeling somebody is very different to trying to clone what somebody does. So yes, you can learn the skill. I mean, yeah, I said this already today on this, on this uh, recording, but I spent some time this morning with somebody just really firming up their commitment to wanting to speak as opposed to being this idea of being a trainer for somebody else Um, and ask the question do you feel you've got a message yes if if the answer is yes then let's just get on with this don't don't be focused on the obstacles focus on what you need to do to overcome this and and learn the process and the process is is very specific and you know i I am gonna i'm not gonna go into the detail of it here but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to genuinely talk about community. Is it all right for me to elaborate on communicating with impact? Because I think oh, that is yes, so all encompassing. It, it just does everything it says on the tin, doesn't it? It literally Okay.
1: Is- and I wanted to ask you that question. So before we jump into a sort of a how to action process, yeah. we mentioned the phrase C-W-Y, those three letters. Yeah. So if you just talk to the audience, and I know I'm aware of it, but it's it's great to set that foundation for the listeners, is talk us through communicating with impact which, you know, we refer to as CWY for shorthand, and maybe throw in there, you know, why people misunderstand public speaking for being something, which I mentioned already, which you just sort of talk confidently. I say why people misunderstand this. This was my genuine misunderstanding. I thought public speaking was, I have the ability to stand up in front of a group of people and talk confidently. Whereas I discovered there's a slight error here when I turned up to communicating with impact and realized, okay, this is a system, this is a process, and it's not just about standing up and talking to someone. Hopefully, as a listener, you've discovered that as you've listened to this podcast, we've spoken about things like the message. But, Ro, if somebody came to you and said, CWY, Ro, what is that? What does it mean?
0: Well, okay, so a lovely example is, I spoke to a very dear friend of mine who I've known for probably 18 years now, and she's just watched, and you know this because you've obviously been part of me creating this, the CWI online webinar. That's about an hour and 20 minutes. Now, you and I both know that webinars can vary from sort of half an hour to two and a half hours. And the threshold is around hour, isn't it? An hour-ish drop off, et cetera. And I just said to her, okay, so can you give me some direct feedback? And forget the fact that we know each other for years. How was the webinar? And she goes, it was just amazing. She goes, I I literally, I started it. And then all of a sudden I think, my God, it's finished. And she said, I've completely consumed. There wasn't a moment through the webinar where I felt myself drifting off. She said, "I, I have literally spent, through COVID, there is so much information out there, so many people doing webinars. And I have, yours is the first webinar I have sat through from start to finish all the way through without stopping it going away and then thinking I won't come back to it she goes even some of the biggest names out there I won't say who they were because it's not fair for me to say but she goes I can't even sit through this she said it completely engaged me and what it showed me is that what you're teaching is exactly what you're doing you're communicating with impact and you're hooking somebody and that's what communication with impact is about it's about delivering to people whether it's on the digital product in front of them like this on a podcast in such a way that you've pulled them into the conversation so they feel part of it they feel like you're talking to them directly it's like a message that they go and oh my god it feels like Hans was talking exactly to me they've understood the message they understand where it sits in the whole perspective of their life it has meaning to them they haven't felt that you've abused that space because it is a very private space you know i said to her you know obviously there's a product available there. How did that feel? She goes, well, I've sat on webinars where it just feels like they're just flogging the hell out. But all you did was just give huge amounts of value. And then you talked about your program. And I didn't even know how, I was like, I want to get going. How do I get going now? And this was a trial because we only just went live with it in the last couple of weeks. So that was a classic indication of how, even though I wasn't there, I was still able to communicate with impact. and, And it's all with an authentic message. Now, the system that we've been talking about has 38 components, and I'm not going to go into lots of detail, but think of it like this. When Harms and I are speaking at the moment, whilst we're talking, we as individuals are the people that are actually doing the communication. So that's the you element of the CWI process. So you, the person delivering, and that involves essentially three major areas, and then that breaks down into more components. And the three areas are preparation, so the preparation for what you're speaking about, then the, you you have the state management. What's your emotional state before you communicate, and then there's the communication itself. So how can I connect with you? How do I get? How do I communicate to you in such a way that I deal with your objections? I keep my tonality right and all these clever things, that's me. Most people are obsessed about that. I bet, Harms, when you first went to speak in your job all those years ago, you were more concerned about getting it right and not fucking up than actually thinking about, have I delivered and connected with my
1: audience and kept them engaged? Was it more about you or was it more about them, do you think? It was all about me, me, me. How I felt, what was I going to say, it was all about me. So I was only dealing with one area of what you described there
0: exactly and and it's not that's not a bad thing it's just that we're that's because of this fundamental fear that we have about fear of speaking in public so i focus on making sure i am right but what we forget is there's two other components two other the major areas and that is them the people or the person we're delivering to i.e the other person that's receiving the message the information from us so if we're only focused on ourselves we can go out of a meeting having had a great message but we still haven't connected with them So that takes me to the next three major areas and there's eight in this. We have three rings. If you have a look at the diagram for CWI, if you go watch the webinar, you'll see this central core area, which is you, them and the environment. Then a middle radial, which has these eight major components. And then the outer radial where you have approximately about 30. Now, when we're talking about them, This is the process. Anytime you communicate with somebody, you have to go through three stages. If you're listening, you might want to write this down or go watch the webinar. Number one is you've got to connect with them. If you don't get the connection, you won't be able to get number two, which is the impact. Now, you get impact in specific ways. Once you get impact and they go, wow, and they're suddenly impressed or they're shocked or you've got them leaning forward and you're fully engaged with them, now you can influence them, which is the third component. So we connect, we get impact, and then we influence And This is where the sales comes in, Harms. It's like, how do I influence somebody to buy the product or service from me? So there are two major areas. And of course, the third one, which is slightly different now with COVID, is the environment. Where are you speaking? So within the environment, we have two main components, which is the setting. And we have the technical aspects. Have I got the right equipment? Have I got the setting right? If it's a hotel, you're having a meeting in with four people and it's too hot. You might have a great message. You may have connected with them. You might have engaged with them, got even impact, but it's so bloody hot. They're not concentrating. They get flustered and then you don't hook them and they walk out or there was a distraction to put them off. This is what CWI is about. It's about understanding that. And then there's these 30 components outside that that we go into and drill down into everything from sales, mind reading, NLP, understanding authenticity, understanding communication types, personality types, vocal power, your vitality, getting your message right, engagement. It's a whole mass of different tools brought together. When used right, you become an amazing public communicator. I think that's probably the easiest way to say it.
1: I think that's a great summary yeah. and a snapshot off that because this one topic, you know, you train it. It's it's a it's a culmination of over three decades of knowledge and expertise in this area, which you've discovered, which you've now unpackaging for somebody over three days. So to it's it's is one of those subjects which how do you how do you give somebody a snapshot and explain to them what communicating with impact is is and from that point, you know, I would just add typically somebody thinks, okay, well, public isn't public speaking communication? Well, having listened to what Rose described, public speaking is an output of mastering this communication right. system. So you look at all these components, you understand how they all work, the intricacies, practice them, work on them, develop them. And then one of the outputs you'll be able to do is public speak. Another output is you'll be able to public speak, but now sell something as part of that public speaking process and experience that you're going through. Just like another output is, you can now communicate with your children more effectively. Just like another output is, you can go to work and do a presentation in front of the board or your senior managers or your staff. It's all an output, but it comes from this foundational process. Well, so, interesting. Enough, I spoke I, to
0: somebody recently who went mm. through the online program, which is the eight modules breaking down many of the key aspects we just talked about, literally going through the different components in the main central ring. And he said he's even using it just on phone calls. He said, my phone calls have become more effective because now I'm following a system. Whereas before it would go off on lots of tangents and I know how to you know, control that phone call in such a way that I get the best results from the phone call. They think about how many hundreds of phone calls we we take or make or messages we leave on WhatsApp during the course of a year. Imagine being able to refine that to a point where you save literally
1: hundreds of hours. It's very powerful. Extremely powerful. So think of public speaking as one of the ways that you can get what you want around this topic that we're talking about today But. uh, the foundation to that is learning how to communicate with impact. So I guess we're back over to you. Now we've described what yeah, CWI is sense What can they do now? What is the process that you mentioned? All right, so
0: again, I want to keep it down. You'll learn this if you come and study some of the stuff that we've got on. Even if you spent time watching the webinar And understanding this, and that will take you about an hour and 20 minutes to go through, an hour and a quarter, what you'll learn is the importance of simplifying the messages that you're delivering so that people retain them as opposed to they go away and there's too many. So if I said to you, right, there's 15 to 20 different things that you're going to forget it. We're going to simplify it down to six. And even six is probably one more than I would usually do, but it's a podcast and we've got the privilege of having the show notes. That allows me a little bit of slack here, but essentially the first step is to decide on the subject. Don't go broad, broad, go narrow. So narrow down to a really specific subject that you want to talk about. And it's anything that you're passionate about. It might be that you choose to speak in several areas, but for now, choose your first primary subject. For me, it was basically personal development and self belief, and uh, working on that when I started that and communication back when I was in my sort of like my early 20s. That's what I felt were the subjects I wanted to talk about because they were the things I was excited about at the time and still am. So that's the first thing. Number two, take the communication test now there i'm not aware of any other communication tests out there which is partly why we developed it so i created something along with the support of harms and kyle to take this online something called the cwi ultimate communication test and i would say what it takes about seven minutes harms to take the test something like
1: that seven minutes tops i've personally taken it four or five times And just to work out how long it takes, probably five, six minutes. It will get quicker Um, the more you take it. But yeah. Of course. It's
0: It's 56 questions, but there's one lead question, which is basically what area do you want to focus on first? Now, why is this important? There isn't really a test like this anywhere in the world. So, what this does, it gives you the opportunity to narrow down into one of these eight key areas that you need to work on. It will help you identify where you're coming up short and that's great because it means it's an area to work on and it then goes to a video with me saying hey look this is the area you look like you need to work on at the moment here's some suggestions that you can start to do now and then there's a, some nice descriptions below that that to helped me shape up which essentially tell you what things you need to be working on right now in that specific area so i think that's vital it's a free test
1: if we, how do we, can we get them to do it here or are you going to put it on the show notes? Where, where should they Actually, go? Actually, really good, really good question. So all you have to do, if you're eager to do it now, and I think uh, having understood how podcast, powerful yeah. communication is, yeah, you could, and because it's a, it's available on mobile, you just simply have to go to cicardo.com forward slash test. So you could do that immediately as you're listening to this. The second place is I'll put it in the show notes. Right. And what I personally love about it, well is or once I do it, you know, I am able to discover one key area of your communication system that I need to improve on in order to increase my ability really to communicate with impact. So you mentioned a handful of components. It will give me one of those. And no doubt you're going to go on to explain how that works in a moment.
0: Yes. Yeah, so number three really is now start to work on the key components. So now you know what area that you're coming up a little bit short on. Maybe it's just a weaker area in your communications process then you need to focus in and work on that. And that's where the test will start to give you the first nudge. If you have the time to do that off the back of the test, go and watch the webinar because the webinar now drills further down the rabbit hole on this and it will give you insights that you can start to implement immediately. And that's the purpose of the webinar is to start to give you some tools
1: to to work. So So when Gina took the test, so my wife, when she took the test, her result was influence. So that said to her, she has to work on this area of communication Known as influence which is one of the components from the communicating with impact system so we had a laugh and said actually that's very relevant right now because we've got a little little yeah. boy being born a son and you know influence is something she's going to need to handle him and you know that that we just had a little chuckle there because it's quite relevant to and where she is in life at the that's
0: moment that's a great point it's influence at any level it's whether you're a parent or you're in a business and you want to influence somebody to buy a product or a service from you That's why it comes up out of the test. You go. Most people that we've had the result back have said, "That's just so accurate to where I am at the moment," and that's the beauty of this test. It really pinpoints it down for you.
1: Yeah, think personality test. Like a personality test. If you're listening to this and saying, "Okay, what's it similar to?" Well, you know, there's lots of personality tests out there. This is like that, but it's specifically focused around, and it's the only one of its kind around communication and identifying an area of communication to improve on right now so that takes me to step four so having established
0: out of the main eight components which area you need to work on you've got a few choices here Definitely go and do the webinar because it will start to drill you down a little bit further and give you some work to do. And remember, what I'm trying to do here is give you a structure because if you go off randomly trying to improve different things, there's no structure to it. So the CWI process enables you to do it in a logical procedure, which you can then choose to do quickly or or over a slower period or a longer period of time. So go and do the the webinar. Now, at the back of the webinar, it's entirely up to you whether you want to take it further. There is a paid program. It's an eight-module program. It's about six to seven hours worth of material. It's very intense. It's me literally taking you through the different eight components and breaking it down for you. So you can start to implement it in your personal life, in your business. If you want to improve on sales, if you want to just become more professional as a speaker, or you're an existing coach or a mentor or a speaker, and you want to take it to another level. You know, we've had all people different levels going through this. And it's great because you can work from home. And with it, you also get a full set of the slides, which is great because you can print them out and have them as almost like cheat sheets for you as well.
1: I like to call them flashcards, Flashcards, communicating with impact flashcards. And it's, it just reminds you of certain components. If you are about to go into a pitch, a business pitch, a property money raising, a scenario experience, if you're about to do a talk, you know, skimming through these flashcards after the program just reminds you of certain key elements, which you just may overlook until it becomes a, a personal habit of yours. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's number four. Number five is get out and
0: practice and apply this to anywhere. Apply it in your relationship, in your business, in your job. If you're on a coaching call, if you're doing a Zoom call, a Skype call, there will be so many elements to this. And As you know, my friend was saying yesterday or today, whenever it was about phone calls, is you just apply it. And you'd be surprised how deep this sits. It's so unconscious that you find yourself even in a meeting or you you might be on an online meeting where it's starting to go off track and you immediately pull in some of the elements of this and you'll find yourself being called upon then to become the person leading meetings and steering things because you've got a systematic approach to it. And it naturally puts you into that space of being a professional speaker in that respect. So get out and do what you're learning. And then the last one is if you really want to go deeper, then you want to start to look at the full 38 components. And that's where you might want to look further down the line at. We have our CWI live events, which are going online shortly. Again, we have no dates of that, but that could be something you can consider possibly working with a CWI coach, someone to help you specifically. Again, I don't know where you're all at at the moment when you're listening to this, but that's certainly further down the line. There's enough stuff to do now. For example, the free test, the free webinar, and possibly going to look at the online. I want you to get to a point where you've got a skill that you can just transcend at any level. And then there's the rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole is where you really take this to a completely different level. And that would require more time and effort to put in to make that happen. And I think that's a good start at this point, because it's not about public speaking. It's about, as we've said several times, learning the skill of communicating and then bringing that into your public speaking.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for defining that role. Let me just quickly skim through that. And I will put that on the show notes as well, is essentially decide your subject, then take the communication test, which will help you work out exactly what area you need to work on first, one key area. Then you're going to have all the information you require to start working on that area as part of the result. You can go do that. And remember, all of these steps are free so far. Having then established that and started to practice that, go and have a look at the webinar, go and experience that, where you start to have a wider understanding. I mean, wrote, shared communicate with impact within the space of two minutes. We talk about that and the subject uh, for approximately just over an hour on that particular webinar. And then deep dive into it. Deep dive, start to learn the components via the online program, start to use that start to go raise money with that, start to see results in your life that could actually just transform your life. If you think about some of the ways we've described the hundreds of thousands of pounds that could be made via public speaking, but even starting at a point where like uh, your personal friend Roe, doing online events, promoting his product and service, starting to generate revenue via that mechanism something which we're passionate about in my particular business is by learning this, you can apply public speaking to positioning yourself as an expert or an authority around selling your own product and service around your own business. I mean, that's one of the most incredible outputs you can do. It's your business, you're the face of it, you're the front of it, and nobody's going to be able to sell your personal business better than yourself. And that comes with a fundamental skill of communicating with impact. So I'm excited to see Listeners who pop up and message us and say, I took the test, this is my result. And I can't believe how accurate it is, because that's been the typical feedback that we've got back. So that's a snapshot of the process there. Ro, is there any final message you want to share before we sign us off? Because I'm just going to share a personal note from something you share with people who are just about to embark on the Communicating with Impact online program. Uh,
0: listening to this, hopefully you've been inspired by the idea of speaking publicly. And if you've had it on the back of your mind for a while, it means that something in your soul is driven you to this point to listen to this podcast. Go and do it. You know, go back over the podcast if you need to, or go back through some of the structural elements of it and break that down and start to implement it. If you know the subject even better, start to choose where you want to deliver this and just... Just go and see it through. The nice thing with going through the CWI process, however far that you go down the rabbit hole with us, is that you're going to get tools that you'll take ahead for life. And if you know anybody or are aware of somebody else that wants to do this or wants to learn this, get them to have a listen to the podcast and, and a particularly parents anything like this because this transcends all areas of your life but don't hold it back don't live in regret and in five ten years time gosh i wish i'd done that now's the time to do it this is a really great time to be taking your message out into the public space and i really hope to see you on one of the programs and if you ever get to a live event give me a shout and say hey we went through the podcast because uh, you get a chance
1: to interact with me as well live uh, whether it's online or face-to-face amazing wonderful and i just want to almost hammer home the fact that communication is fundamental in all areas of your life. And a personal note, which I'll read off, which you share with people who are just about to embark on, you know, your communicating with impact experience and journey is a personal note note from yourself. So I hope you don't mind me reading it, which is, I, i.e. Dr. Rowe, encourage you to take this opportunity to learn how to communicate. And we, you know, the whole team, behind communicating with impact believe as the world around us evolves through technology, which is drastically real. As we discussed globalization and the changes in the job market, you know, the whole conversation that a career is no longer for life. The reality is communication itself is the new currency, which where you describe to your audiences, who will thank you for this relationships will thank you for this companies will beg you for this especially in the sales arena your children will wish you had it and society as a whole needs it just period based on what Rose just said and shared with you there the time of being mesmerized by movie stars leaders influencers and heads of organizations in my personal opinion and for us here at the Cicado show you know that time is over it's time to take that control and that mesmerization back into your own hands. So regardless of what you want to communicate for, be better in, it just simply starts with learning how to do it once and for all. And simply as a result, your relationships, your finances, your career, your business and day-to-day life and your public speaking will never look the same again. So I guess that's a message from Roe and all of us here at the Cicado Show who are passionate about the topic of communication. Hence, we communicate via the power of podcast we are extremely passionate on the subject so everything that we've discussed today we will share in the show notes row and for the listeners at home the processes the systems and also the useful links, so you can get started with the communication test for free and also the discovery webinar where you can understand more about communicating with impact as a system and how it can help you in all those areas i discussed your relationship finances career business and day-to-day life so For myself and Ro, it's us signing off. We shall see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Ro
0: here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones, and we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms. Signing out, we'll see you on the next episode.